0: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the House of Abraham. I'm your host, Andrew Nelly. This is episode 15. Welcome to the show, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Hope you're having a beautiful, blessed morning. It is bright and sunshiny here in Midway and absolutely freezing, freezing cold. Not comfortable out there at all. All right, everybody. So, we have quite a bit to talk about on this episode today. As many of you probably know, as sometimes we are late to the show here at the House of Abraham, we do our best to stay on top of current world events and political commentary. But unfortunately, life does tend to get in the way. So, Kyle Rittenhouse acquitted on all charges, as I'm sure most of you probably are aware of that. The jury found him completely 100% not guilty on not a single charge that was leveled against him. So, as we can all imagine, the left absolutely lost their minds, as they tend to do. Freaking out. Starting riots, looting, uh, mass property damage, fires, destruction, civil unrest, people getting murdered. Uh, I mean, it's just across the board. Just chaos and unrest in most major cities. Chicago, New York City, Portland, Kenosha, of course. Louisville, Kentucky, L.A., the list just goes on and on and on. Adding to that fire is more fuel from the leftist extremist. Uh, The House Judiciary Chair calls for a Department of Justice review in an attempt to possibly seek a federal indictment long after Rittenhouse has been cleared of all of his charges. So basically what that means is The feds, in all their infinite wisdom, didn't like the verdict, of course. Why would they? It's the left. They have been pushing this narrative that he's a psychotic, uh, gun-wielding maniac who just went out to confront and infiltrate and murder innocent people. That is the narrative that the left has been pushing literally from day one. That is the narrative that they were hoping desperately would take hold, and when it didn't work and their plans blew up in their face, now here we find ourselves with them being sore losers. Sore losers and abysmal winners. That's the way I would describe the left. When they win, it was 100% their idea, and they get all the credit. When they lose, it is everybody's fault but theirs. They're like that kid on the team, and we all had that one kid. If you played in any kind of high school or collegiate or any kind of organized sports, there was always that one guy on the team that wanted the ball. He was a ball hog, and if he scored, that's because he's good at what he does, not because the team is good. But God forbid that one guy on the team who missed the goal or missed the basket or got tackled when he was trying to do something, it was the whole team's fault. It wasn't his fault. It was the entire, it was everybody's fault but his. That is the left in an eggshell. They can't accept failure. They can't accept their losses. And they just whine and cry and piss and moan and blame it on everybody else except their own ineptitudes. So, the House Judiciary Chair calls for a Department of Justice review in an attempt to basically file federal charges against Kyle Rittenhouse, even though he was acquitted on all of the charges in Kenosha. Well, what does that say? That says we absolutely have a broken judicial system. When someone can be found not guilty on all charges, and then someone at the next level goes, oh, well, that's not okay. That's not fair. That's like, (laughs) Uh, that's like when we were kids and we'd all be outside playing tag with our friends. And somebody tried to tag you, and you'd be like, force field. I'd be like, no, we don't have force field rules. You can't do that. Well, I just did. The left just loves to make it up as they go along, don't they? Just, uh, you know, just make it up as we go along, and uh, fantasy, you pretend land, and hopefully it'll all work out in the end, right? Well, <clears throat> that may work out, but it's certainly not going to work out for President Joe Biden. Uh, President Joe Biden in all his infinite wisdom and his amazing vocabulary (laughs) a man who could barely put two sentences together in any kind of press conference managed to say initially before the verdict even came out that we should trust the court system and trust, trust our judiciary system and have faith in what it is they're doing. That was what Joe Biden said first, which may be the most correct and well put together sentence he may have spoken in his entire life but then of course the squad got together in his cabinet and they were probably like listen sir you can't you can't roll with that because that sounds way too uh middle of the road that sounds like you're uh maybe even a little bit on the right and we certainly can't have that certainly can't have the president of the united states saying something logical and linear and correct Because that's ridiculous. So his cabinet folks are probably like, hey, listen, we need to reword your statement, sir. Let's change it to, well, now I'm angry and concerned. (laughs) So President Joe Biden went from, we need to trust in our judicial system and the way that this is being handled. Just wait and sit back and relax, you guys, which is a very leadership-centric way of putting things. That's how the President of the United States should be telling us to think and speak. Listen to the what's going on. Relax. Calm down. Everything's going to work out the way it's supposed to work out. Let's try to have some faith in our judicial system. That's what a leader, the leader of the United States, the, the biggest position in government, the President, that's something he should be saying. So the first initial reaction to this from the president was presidential and probably, like I said, the best thing that's ever come out of his mouth in 80 years. But then subsequently, as the left does, they pissed all over their own great words and actions and took it back and said, uh, no, that's, we can't say that. We can't roll with that. That's far too much leadership and, and positivity We can't have that. No. That's not polarizing enough. So then Joe Biden took back his previous awesome, fantastically worded comment and came back out with, well, I'm angry and concerned now at the Kyle Rittenhouse verdict. Bravo, sir. Bravo. Way way to be. That's absolutely fantastic leadership. Let me tell you, I'm just blown away by your leadership skills. Hopefully you're picking up on my sarcasm. Because I'm laying it on pretty thick. So Biden made, furthermore, he made disparaging comments towards Rittenhouse, pre-verdict, and post-verdict. So now people are coming to Kyle Rittenhouse post-acquittal and saying, Hey man, the President of the United States called you a racist white supremacist. Even though you were found not guilty on all charges of a jury of your own peers. So lawyers and legal analysts are coming to Kyle Rittenhouse and his family and saying, Hey, listen, you could sue the president of the United States for defamation of character. How crazy is that? That we are living in a country and in a time where our elected highest leader position, the president of the United States is saying false misleading defamating characters defamating words about a kid he was 17 when these things happened when the the unfortunate events took place in Kenosha he was a kid he wasn't an adult he was a child I'm sorry if you're 17 you're not uh, I know people call him adolescent but really I mean it's 17 especially a 17 year old boy he's a kid. The president called a kid a white supremacist. So, of course, Kyle Rittenhouse's lawyers and everybody else on his team were like, you need to sue the, the media for propagating this and the president of the United States. What a great kind of trophy that will be on Joe Biden's wall of disappointment, that he could be possibly sued for defamation of character because he made disparaging comments towards a kid, a child. Once again, I say bravo, sir. You are an amazing man and an amazing president, Joe Biden. Womp womp. All right, so. So what kind of things took place during the trial and after the trial post-acquittal? Well, Rittenhouse's lawyers said they have been, quote, inundated with death threats from day one. Uh, Let's see. What is it? All these words and all these states and city names, or I should say city names and town names in Wisconsin are all Native American. So I'll have to apologize if I absolutely butcher them. I usually consider myself a pretty decent language and linguist person, but occasionally I get these wrong. So I believe this is Waukesha, Wisconsin. There was the parade, and once again, we apologize for being late to the show. I know you guys are already aware of the parade massacre that took place uh, two days ago. Uh, So basically, long story short, as all of you know, there was a Christmas parade taking place, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a red SUV comes into the crowd and basically proceeds to run a bunch of people over. Five people were killed, 40 were injured, and... Almost immediately, they found out who it was. I believe that a gentleman named Daryl Brooks is now the lead suspect, or they may have actually already charged him. Uh, So the interesting thing about Daryl Brooks, and and I'm going to get back to the Kyle Rittenhouse. Believe me, we have plenty more to say about that. Uh, But we're going to segue off about this Daryl Brooks because it does all tie in and it is all relevant. So Daryl Brooks has a long, lengthy criminal record. Uh, being incarcerated multiple times throughout his life. But really more importantly, and this is the, really the thing that I want to hit on, Daryl Brooks had been incarcerated a few times and released seemingly because, and I'm not sure if I'm reading into the situation correctly or not, but it's my understanding that the judge either noticed that there was no, that the, the jails were overran, I'm assuming is the way I'm being uh, reading this and understanding this, and again, if I'm getting this wrong, I do apologize. Long story short, he was charged with violent crimes and then released because whether either the judge felt sorry for him or believed his story or the jails were overran and there was nowhere to put him. For whatever reason, he was charged with violent crimes and had a horrible criminal history, and then the judge's Or the juries let him go. He got off on several recent crimes. And then this man gets into an SUV. And we're not sure if he was running from the cops. uh, Or if he just noticed the Christmas parade. And decided to use his vehicle as a massive weapon. And plow into the parade. Thus killing several people and creating chaos and mayhem. So... Why did I bring that up? I brought that up to bring up kind of the, the salient fact here, which is there is, there are, there is and there there are serious issues with our judicial system. Um, do we get one right occasionally? Absolutely. Uh, did Kyle Rittenhouse uh, deserve his 100% acquittal? In my opinion, 100% yes. Absolutely, unequivocally Yes. So did we get that one right? Yes. But do we always get it right? No. Um, So this gentleman, Daryl Brooks, who uh, murdered five people and injured 40 with his vehicle intentionally, uh, he is a shining example of just how much work we have to do. If this guy had been accused of multiple violent crimes throughout his life, been in and out of jail most of his life, why on earth is he still out in public? Clearly, creating chaos and injuring other people's lives. He is a danger to society. And yet somehow he was allowed to get behind the wheel of his car and murder five people. And he could have killed far more. It's it's thankfully only five died. You know, when you talk about a vehicle and a crowd of people, that could have been way worse. Our prayers go out to those families and those that were lost. So... I'm going to switch gears again and go back to Kyle Rittenhouse. He recently did an interview on Tucker Carlson. Uh, and I got to tell you, I watched most of it and I was very impressed. It was, I was impressed by the way this young man conducted himself only being 18. I know, again, people say he's an adult by the system standards, but let's, all being very honest with ourselves, most 18 year old males are far from adults. Okay. So... I was very impressed with the way this young man conducted himself, the way he spoke, uh, again, being that he's so young. But the thing that I found more embarrassing was that a 17-year-old kid could speak and articulate a full sentence better than our current sitting president. Kyle's responses to Tucker Carlson's questions and responses to President Joe Biden's uh, deflammatory words showed Kyle, an 18-year-old kid, had more grace and love within him than our current sitting president. If you haven't watched the the Tucker Carlson, Kyle Rittenhouse interviews, I highly suggest you go and do so. Even if you're on the left and you hate Kyle Rittenhouse and you hate Fox News and you hate Tucker Carlson, just please go watch it. Just open your mind. I know it's going to kill you to have to watch something other than CNN but just go watch it and listen to what this kid has to say. If at the end of the Tucker Carlson Kyle Rittenhouse interview. You still think he's a horrible, awful, uh, racist, Nazi, white supremacist sympathizer. If you really still believe that after watching the interviews with, with Tucker Carlson. Then, hey, I, 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 you know, I, what else can I tell you? What else can I tell you? But please go watch it. Because the way this kid responds... To our president an 80 year old man who had nothing but awful deflamatory things to say about a kid the way he responds to that is shameful of our president Joe Biden should be sitting in a dark corner by himself absolutely ashamed of himself and the way he conducted himself and the words that he spoke he should be on television right now apologizing to this kid But no, he just fans the flames and creates further division within this country. So, the left can't let this acquittal and this verdict go. They must keep the lie going to retain their captive audience. Lies like, Kyle Rittenhouse murdered three black men. That's so ridiculous, my brain does like, backflips on itself when I hear that sentence not only because it's not true but it's so egregiously untrue it's not even a little bit untrue it's not even a thousand billionth of true it's ridiculously untrue it's so untrue it makes me it confuses my own brain You you ever hear somebody say something so stupid that you have to like it's almost like when a computer has to reboot your brain goes <laughs> like windows like windows restarting three black men were not killed by kyle rittenhouse kyle rittenhouse shot three white guys three white males i don't know who out there in the world is propagating this lie but please stop it it's ridiculous. This isn't the 1700s where you could just make stuff up and then it'd be very, very hard for people to prove what you were saying otherwise. We live in a today's information of information everything. One butt has to go to Google and take an 18th of a second to type in victims of Kyle Rittenhouse and it'll be three white guys. It was not three black men. So that's a lie that the left keeps propagating to keep up this nonsense that he was... Some white supremacist murderer, right? Uh, The other lie that they are trying to keep up and propagate is Rittenhouse cried fake white guilt, crocodile tears, in order to gain sympathy from the jury. So, at one point in time, while Kyle Rittenhouse was up on the stand, he did, in fact break down and break down to tears and actually had to be given a little bit of a break so he could compose himself and come back and retestify again. So people watching this, the left immediately jumped all over this and said that he was a whiny, crybaby, liar, white supremacist, and he made those tears up just so he could make the jury feel sorry for himself. You know, I think that's really cute that the left is so fast and so quick to destroy a kid. Meanwhile, LeBron James, arguably the biggest 6 foot 5 crybaby on planet Earth or whatever, however tall he is, LeBron James cries more than anybody. Anybody. And the left never says anything when he gets on television and bashes somebody on the right. He's not he's not a crybaby. When someone accidentally flicks him in his ankle and then he goes down on the court and lays down for 20 minutes and tries to get medical attention because somebody's fingernail accidentally scratched him. He's not a whiny crybaby, fake. He's not. But a 17-year-old kid who was attacked by 3 men in a riot and had to unfortunately shoot 2 of them. That's all bullshit. Bullshit. <laughs> That's lies. That's not real. You see how ridiculous we are in this country? You see how completely hijacked we have been and we are? We believe the whiny crybaby basketball player whose job it is is to throw a ball through a hoop for a living. We believe him and his really great acting skills every time he goes down on the court for something. And when he cries on national television, which why on earth we're listening to a basketball player is beyond me anyway. But anyway, that's a moot point. We listen to LeBron James and we don't ever question what he says. And when he gets upset, it's legitimate. But when a 17-year-old kid who has had the unfortunate experience of having to kill two people, most human beings on planet Earth have never taken another person's life. Most of us... We'll never know or understand what that is like kyle rittenhouse unfortunately in self-defense had to kill two other human beings that can cause severe ptsd i can tell you all firsthand serving in the military for 13 years i know what ptsd looks like i can tell you what causes it what the root causes are behind it. And I can tell you, anybody can get PTSD. PTSD isn't just for military. First responders, cops, anytime you experience or see a traumatic event, that can trigger something in your brain that is lasting forever. So Kyle Rittenhouse cries up on the stand in the middle of a testimony. Okay. Was he faking? I don't know. I hope not. I certainly hope he wouldn't do that. But is there legitimacy to what could be behind his tears? Absolutely. He's a kid. He's a kid. And he went through a traumatic event. He was attacked. He could have been killed. If he hadn't had his rifle on him, he could have been killed by those three guys. Unfortunately for them, he shot first. So were his tears fake and crocodile tears? I don't know. I'm not Kyle Rittenhouse. I wasn't there. I don't know the kid, but I certainly believe that there is legitimate grounds for why he would have gotten upset. So for the left to say that he just made that up, that's very crass. That's very, very crass. And it's indicative of the left. They believe everybody on their side and anyone who's not quote unquote with their game is an immediate enemy of the state, which is really ironic. Because Kyle Rittenhouse has come out on national television publicly several times saying that he supports BLM. Kyle Rittenhouse is a supporter of Black Lives Matter. I don't know too many people that are white supremacists that come out publicly numerous times in public support of Black Lives Matter. I know some of you may say, well, he's just saying that. Well, you know, you could just continue to discredit him until the cows come home and never give him credit for anything that he says that's just a a very jaded way of looking at things so I guess the question that we're all kind of asking ourselves how much further is all this madness and civil unrest going to go where and when does it stop you know, it just, uh, we just keep tumbling further and further and further down this rabbit hole. I certainly find myself asking myself, because I spend a lot of time in my car driving to and from various places far away, where does it end? Where does this chaos end? Where does the riots, the, the burning of businesses, uh, vehicles plowing into parades of people, when, when does, wh- what is the, the flashpoint where, okay, we either, we're in this now, this is what we're doing, this is who we are, or resolution. So, you know, normally conspiracy theory folks would probably tell you that the Rittenhouse trial is just a distraction, a distraction to move us all in our attention away from what is truly going on, awful things that are occurring possibly in the background of our country. However, I believe that the Kyle Rittenhouse trial was anything but a political smokescreen. The left was placing their bets and putting all of their hate, anger, lies, and political clout on the roulette table. The left put everything they had on red, and they lost. Now businesses are being burned, looted, lives are being lost. Oh, but don't worry, because at the end of the day... At the end of it all, the leftist leaders, our president, his cabinet, they'll all just throw up their hands and blame it all on Trump. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode. Uh, Again, i like to leave at the end of the episodes with some positivity and some encouraging words. And again, reminding us all that even though we have a lot of division and chaos and anger and hurt feelings in this country, we are all in this seemingly somehow still together. I know it doesn't feel this way, that way. Believe me, I get it. Um, What is going to happen moving forward from here, I don't know. I I hope there's... Some peace and some prosperity and some love in the in the future for this country and for all of our, our wounds that we have. I don't know. I don't know what it, what it's going to look like. I don't know what's going to happen. But I can tell you, it starts at an individual level. There's so much division, hate, and anger. Be the face of the opposite of that. Any chance or any opportunity you get... If you have a liberal or a democrat friend, just step across the aisle and just give them a hug, shake their hand, and just say, "Hey, I know we believe polar opposite things, and I understand that. There's a million reasons for you to dislike me. There's a million reasons for you to, you know, have hate and anger towards me, and believe me, likewise. But let's try to meet in the middle in some form of fashion." Again, love your Democratic and Liberal brothers and sisters. I know it's hard. I know it's tough. I know we're in a even more stronger, polarized time. And it's far easier to just step into the hate and anger narrative than anything else. I understand that. But nevertheless, we need it now more than ever. If you have a Liberal or Democratic friend or someone who's middle of the road, don't try to recruit them to whatever side you're on. Just... Treat them with respect to the best of your ability. Show them love. Show them grace. Thank you all so much for joining me on this episode 15. Go in love and the peace of the Lord. Thank you.